Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All August long, we're doing a kind of funny Patreon pledge drive and asking you to chip in on patreon.com slash kind of funny if you enjoy the shows. For real, we're an 11 person independent operation and we couldn't do it without your financial support on patreon.com slash kind of funny. So thank you. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, August 17th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Addy O.A. Jr. Joining me is GameSpot's Tamar Hussein. I've been referring to myself lately as the four-time COVID champion. <laughs> the four-time COVID four-time champion? Four-time COVID champion. Made it, I, just, <laughs> made I made it, it out for the fourth time recently. Um, it can't I, keep you down. It has ravaged my body, so I will be breaking into uh, coughing fits every now and then. You've not gone uh, through unscathed, but you're still here. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. It can't kill me, but it can severely. It's like, you know, the end of Soul Calibur matches where it's like, Mitsurugi was uh, grievously wounded, but the soul lives yeah. on. That's God, me. God. <laughs> That's me. So how, how are you feeling now? <laughs> I feel fine. I feel okay. I think like I was telling you guys outside, um, I've had it four times. Mm-hmm. Each time it's like changed my body in a way that it has never recovered from. So like I have permanent fatigue now. And like now I've got this cough. I'm worried that this cough will never go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, my like lung capacity has gone down. Um, so I feel okay. I am a different version of myself than I was pre this version of uh, this run of COVID. But I also like will ha- I have You're punished cough. Tam now. I'm punished Tam. Yeah, I'm wearing the Metal Gear 5 jacket as well. Look. Oh, funny enough, I didn't know whether I was going to go Metal Gear or like a FromSoft reference. Because oh, like also yeah. as you describe it, I'm like, yeah, you s- this sounds like a FromSoft like boss character yeah, that's yeah. gone to multiple stages. I'm, I'm the crestfallen warrior, you know, that dude yeah. who's right in the main hub. As soon as you find he's like, man, I got clapped out there. God. I'm not going out there again. And you're also wearing a FromSoft t-shirt. And so I that am, pissed yeah. This is a shout out to my boys at Refray. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel fine. I'm not contagious. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Mm. I just occasionally will cough a bit too much. That's okay. We're here for you. Thank Hope you, you feel better do my best. soon. I know long COVID is unpredictable in terms of how it affects the body. Just take it seriously, man. Take it seriously. It's no joke. Take it seriously. <coughs> you know what I take seriously, Tam? Oh, yeah. Video game news, news. Because today's stories include Alan Wake 2 being delayed, the Xbox 360 store closing, and more. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news needs to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use Epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you ladies and gentlemen we have Starfield. We are reviewing Starfield, and we'll have a Starfield review for you on August 31st on the Kind of Funny Games cast with lead reviewer Paris Lilly. Uh, that'll be going down on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Tim, mm. 
What, what's your plan with Starfield? I assume, since we have Starfield, I assume you have Starfield as well. Yeah, we have Starfield. Um, the plan is to get as many people possible playing it. If, yeah. if, if the, uh, what they're pitching it to be is true and it's like a gargantuan game, that's the only real way we've got to, um, to approach it. Like, just have as many people covering it from as many different angles as possible. Um, and then, yeah, I, it's wild because we're in, a, we're in a phase of gaming right now where everything is way too big. Yeah. Like, we're trying to review Baldur's Gate 3 right now and do our due diligence and give it enough time and, and make sure that we're covering it thoroughly. But at the same time, we've got Starfield now, and it's like, this game is infinite. Good luck. <laughs> it's yeah. like, damn, dude. It's, um, it's that tough thing where everything it feels like it's hitting at once. Yeah. Like, I'm working on <laughs> Blessing Super Fun Game Release Calendar, which is a calendar I put on Twitter mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that's, like, very badly formatted, but, like, that's all mm -hmm. part of the bit. And as I, like, try to compile what August is, right, like, you mentioned Baldur's Gate 3, which is one of the most jam-packed games of the year. Off of that... We're talking about Armored Core 6 also coming out in like a mm -hmm. week or two, right? In like the next 10 days, we're going to see Armored Core 6. Yeah. And that's going to come out and be probably one of the toughest games of the year. And yeah. then off of that, we're <laughs> jumping back into Starfield, which is another jam-packed game. But between all that, there's still other games that are happening. There are still games like Sea of Stars. There's yeah. still, I, while I was putting together my calendar, I saw that tomorrow, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk comes out. And I forgot about that. And I've been looking forward to that game for years. Yeah, it's, it's a wild time for game releases and... As, as we will learn um, in our first story coming up, uh, games are actively moving away from each other now to be like, this is wild. We need to give ourselves some breathing room, give ourselves some space. And mm -hmm. it's, it's starting to like seep into, I hope that the kind of industry, like the publisher side, start to get a little more savvy to this stuff to be like, let's not pile everything on at the same time because we're only doing ourselves a disservice where, you know, people are going to, start splitting their attention and that kind of stuff but yeah. i doubt it and I, I don't think that factors in a major way but it is weird to be looking at so many games right now and being like damn this is so much work to do but at the same time it's super exciting i remember yeah. when i was on the other side and it was like oh i'm gonna buy these four games and play them all at the same time can't do that these days but like for people out there it's certainly an exciting prospect yeah sure. and like i mean even with all those games i mentioned i even forgot to even bring up a games like immortal immortals of avium yeah yeah, yeah. another like EA, um, what do they call it? EA Originals, Originals yeah. release, yeah. right? And that game was going to come out in July, but then got pushed. And like that's kind of to the opposite of what you're talking about, where, yeah, like I feel like there's got to be a, a learning of, hey, let's get out the way or let's fi find ways to make room for our games to grow. And that was yeah. that unfortunate thing of, I'm sure they did the balancing of, all right, do we release in a jam-packed August or do we release possibly in a buggy state, right? Yeah. And you got to like balance those two things and it ends up in an unfortunate way, but like versus something like Alan Wake 2 where, hey, like let's get out the way. Let's get it, let's yeah. get a week and a half out so that people people can play Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. I mean there's so many games still coming as well. Like there's a Mario game coming out this year. There's a Mario game. <laughs> there's multiple Mario That's games coming out. Wild. There's a Mario 2D Mario game and a Mario RPG <laughs> coming out this year. Crazy. Free, is is Starfield one where like everything everything shifts compared to other video game review codes that you guys might get? Because like this seems like the if not one of the biggest game releases of the year yeah i right? think like uh, between being, this and zelda being transparent like it's a balancing or it's a formula you kind of like or a calculation you make where it's kind of like how big is this game what is the requirement from a uh coverage perspective like what do what are people gonna want to know about this game um when they start playing it and then like what are the resources available to us and like it might surprise people to know that gamespot is quite small 
like we're not a major team with hundreds of people or like dozens of reviewers we've got a handful of reviewers and in the scenario where it's like we've got one person reviewing it and we've got maybe like seven other people on the editorial team mm -hmm. you kind of have to start putting them on a game like this to be like play this and start working on coverage on it um but that does mean that other things that are coming out of time um kind of have to take a bit of a back seat so it's a real tricky prospect to find the the right balance to it but they're also i try and do my best to make sure that i'm never like completely writing off a game um yeah. that i know people are going to be interested in like you know um, i'm not going to be out here being like no one play armored core just because the traffic potential of starfield is so high i mean it probably eclipses armored core but the fact of the matter is armored core is a big game that a lot of people are going to be interested in i'm personally i'm interested in so i'm not going to push that aside but it is a weird thing where you have to consider resources what's the traffic potential what's the kind of like utility of it um but for the most part i think what i do is like i try and make the game available to as many people as possible and say you guys are the core team working on this mm -hmm. and then everyone else you have other assignments but play the game as well and the moment you can jump back jump in play uh, add, add to the content if you have something interesting you want to make then you can do it and even if it's like between things like you know i'm doing this feature right now but i just had an idea for the starfield thing should i do it i would be like okay cool yeah let's just yeah. reshuffle some stuff around i'm also very like careful about making sure i don't overwork people and i don't set crazy deadlines and that kind of stuff so i'm sounds weird but like i'm one of those people who's like I, I will never force people to meet a deadline an embargo lift if they if there isn't enough time yeah. like i always tell my reviewers this is when i would like it but if you're having any sort of trouble I would rather you just tell me I need more time than try and crunch through it. I will. I don't allow my reviewers to crunch. So mm -hmm. I think it's a case of like everyone is on it, but at the same time, every, it's not going to take over everyone's life. Yeah, if you know what I mean. I mean the, the way you're talking about it for a game spot is the way that I think kind of funny is handling it as well. Yeah. Where we have Paris Lily who's being our lead reviewer, yeah. right? But like I've been very excited and pleased with how kind of funny he's been talking about how we're going to cover starfield yeah. internally of like hey like of course august 31st is where when you can expect the kind of funny games cast review but we have plans beyond that that you know are very specific for a game like starfield and how we want to cover yeah. cover it right it's like based on the learnings of hey we have this many people we have um this many codes that we're able to like get into people's hands right it's not a zelda situation where only i had zelda yeah. and only i was able to review and make content for zelda right like multiple people at kind of funny are able to say that they have Starfield yeah. and are able to play and get their hands on it and so what does that look like and what have you learned yeah. off of other big games and what the audience gravitates toward for the kind of content that we make and so like there's a very there's a very interesting way that kind of funny is tackling this that i very much appreciate and again yeah. it's one that for the audience that's watching I think y'all should be very excited for our coverage of Starfield, yeah. let alone the industries, right? Because I think everybody's yeah. going to tackle it in their own way. But um, because this game is so big, both in like literal, oh, this is going to be a big game, right? I'm saying this is somebody who's not started it yet. Um, but because this is going to be a big game on that side, and then also yeah. the fact that this game is one of the biggest games of the year, there is a all hands on deck aspect to it that yeah. excites me. Like I've been very excited to get this code. Also, just for the fact that I also really like Bethesda Game yeah, Studios same. RPGs, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I know we're in a different place than we were when Fallout 3 came out, but I'm still, I still have that Fallout 3 fan in me that is like, 
dude, I just want to get into that janky. I talk to somebody <laughs> and the camera zooms in on their face a certain way. And like you have that static key kind of conversation. Like I, I've I got like 400 that. cheese wheels in my pocket. Yeah. Let's like, oh, this. I'm just going to collect all these random things <laughs> and see what way is I can break the game. Right. Or in the case of Starfield, I want to see what this version of a, of a Bethesda game looks like. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's exciting to see, like, obviously they're, they're a team that prides themselves on putting out AAA premium experiences and that is what they do relative to the time usually uh, but this is like a, a game where they also ha are very much aware of their reputation now as pointing out these massive games that sometimes buckle under the pressure of their own ambition in in funny ways and ways that they're probably like damn i wish that wasn't happening so i'm interested to see like what level of kind of togetherness this game has and polish yeah. and that kind of stuff like is this going to be and like to be clear, like, I love that shit. I love it when it's yeah. like, like I love it when it's like being dumb and fun and like this part of the charm of it. And it's also why these kind of games, Bethesda games specifically, have such a long tail. They don't just come and go in a way in the way that most games do. These are the kind of things that help them become part of the culture, and that's going to be exciting to see. Like, is it going to be a game that? I mean, like, there's a certain long tail to it regardless. Like, it's going to take us all a while to get through it and then produce all the content that we want to produce and feel like we're doing a service to by producing. But also, like, is it going to have the long tail where it's like a year from now, someone's going to be like, look at this absolutely wild bug that yeah. I've just found. And like, oh, everyone, yeah. like, has fun with it and that kind of stuff. I, I like or, the like, idea of, like, hey, if you a year from now hey i just took this companion to this planet and yeah. they had this piece of dialogue yeah or like new yeah i turned this planet into macho man randy savage planet yeah. through mods and it's like oh sweet now i'm gonna do a macho man run <laughs> like you know it, that kind of stuff can i tell you this morning I, I woke up right like i i took my shower i got out and then i looked at my phone i got a notification it was a gmail notification mm. it, and i checked it and it was oh starfield codes are in and like the email was, you had to have another shower <laughs> we had a what now you had to have another shower is that yeah it? no and then i was like, like oh, oh back man, to the i gotta shower. get back in there <laughs> <laughs> but i just started sweating profusely <laughs> yeah. like, oh, those, those coats but like saw it and like the email it was like to like me greg and mike and i was like okay i'm i'm very excited for this thing but i should do i should be responsible and wait for greg to actually the code. <laughs> i shouldn't like just take a code and tell greg that like hey, i took it because there's an order of operations that I should I should respect. Yeah. So let me wait for Greg to actually distribute the codes. And I waited 10 minutes, 20, <laughs> 20 minutes. Meanwhile, Greg's like, with his child being like, you're going to grow up to And that's my thing boy. is like, I was like, where the, where's Greg Miller right now? It is fucking, it is 8.30. <laughs> Where is he? And I checked my phone on Instagram. He's literally watching a cartoon with Ben. And I've never been so mad at somebody being a good father. I was like, put that baby down. <laughs> Give me my Starfield code, dang it. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm excited about Starfield. I think the world's excited about Starfield. A couple yeah. weeks from now, we'll be able to talk about Starfield, but a couple weeks from now are so far away. Let me tell you more about some housekeeping we got for you. Uh, me and Tim Geddes are recording PS I Love You XOXO later today, and we're doing a fun viewer questions episode. So write in with your questions to kindoffunny.com slash P-S-I-L-Y. And then a new kind of funny X cast is up right now. And it's a conversation about the Xbox Series S. Uh, that's, of course, on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames. And then over on Patreon, a new Remember Blank All About Horror Games is up today. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Jedi Master Deadpool, Delaney Twining, and Logan Delaney. Today we're brought to you by Liquid IV, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have eight stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, Alan Wake 2 has been delayed. This is Wesley Yinpool at IGN. 
Remedy has announced a 10-day delay for the hotly anticipated Alan Wake 2. It was due out October 17th, but will now launch October 27th. In a statement, Remedy said October was packed with game launches and wanted to give players more space to play everything. Quote, October is an amazing month for game launches, and we hope this, this date shift gives more space for everyone to enjoy their favorite games, Remedy said. Alan Wake 2 was set to launch the same week as Insomniac's sure-to-be-massive PlayStation-exclusive Spider-Man 2. Back in 2010, launch sales of the first Alan Wake suffered due to launching in the same week as Rockstar's behemoth Red Dead Redemption. October 2023 also sees the launch of Microsoft's Forza Motorsport, Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed Mirage, and Nintendo's Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Tam, mm. a delay of 10 days, how does that strike you? I'm, I think it's fine. Like, uh, I, maybe you know, other people in other situations that were super looking forward to this might be a bit upset. But for me, like, I also respect the transparency here. It's like they just were like... You're going to be playing Spider-Man. Like, you're probably going to be playing Spider-Man. Uh, we would rather you... It's what I was saying earlier. Like, <clears throat> they want people to immerse themselves in this game. And I don't know about you, but, like, the idea of trying to balance Spider-Man and Alan Wake and whatever else is out at the time doesn't seem conducive to the most immersive kind of experience that you're having with these games. So for them to come out and just be like, we're moving at 10 days purely because we just want to create some breathing room for everyone... I feel like that level of transparency is kind of appreciated. Um, yeah. I'm sure it helps them in other ways as well, where it's like, you know, um, a little bit of extra time to, you know, polish up something that could be distributed in a patch or something like that. Um, but baseline, them just being like, we just want to get out of the way of this behemoth of a game. Like, it makes sense. It's yeah. smart. Like, it, I mean, I think it helps everybody involved. It helps uh, Alan Wake 2 get more attention. It yeah. helps you get a bit more... Attention from not even just the audience, but from media as well, yeah. where Spider-Man is going to come out and there's going to be guides on Spider-Man. There's going to be stories and op-eds about Spider-Man. There's going to be all this attention and focus on making Spider-Man 2 content because Spider-Man 2, again, when we talk about the big games of the year, Spider-Man 2 is one of them. Spider-Man oh, yeah. 2 is going to be one of not like top three highest selling games. It's of got 20. two Spider-Man in it. It has literally yeah, it has double the Spider-Man in that game. Yeah. And like Spider-Man 2018 was the fastest selling PlayStation game, right? And like... We're talking about a follow-up to that. Sequels usually do better than the original. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a known quantity now. We're talking about people going into it after having this hype and growth of people that are into the first Spider-Man game. Like yeah. Those initial sales for Spider-Man um, 2018 were fantastic, but over time, I've not seen content stop about yeah. Spider-Man, yeah. even that first Spider-Man game. I go on TikTok, and I see people doing this thing where they go live, and they swing around New York to music. Yeah, and like they try, they like they they're making these music videos with Spider-Man twenty eight. I love those and Spider-Man Miles Morales. I love them too, actually. It's so good the ones where it's like uh, jumping off and you can see him like hit a button and yeah. like swing and like, like they're like turning on a song on Spotify. Sunflower plays or something like that. It's like so good. Yeah, I think it's also worth keeping in mind that Spider-Man Two is a game that will now include one of a character from one of the most beloved superhero films of all time of the last few years, Venom. You know, everyone True. loves Venom. True. That movie series has been gargantuan, which uh, which now you know they're gonna see people are gonna see that and be like that is from my favorite movie ever, Venom. I'm gonna buy that game. That's exactly what they're gonna That's say. Exactly but how it goes. Jokes down. aside, people do love Venom, not the movie, but the idea of that character. Like I, mean, I love Venom as a character. Yeah, and that's the thing is you, is you have a Spider-Man two game that has Peter Parker, 
Miles Morales, which like, I mean, to your point, <laughs> one of the most hotly like loved uh, yeah. superhero films, the last wherever, right? Yeah, We're talking the about Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse, right? We're coming off of that. And then you're talking about, yeah, Venom, who's a character that if you know Spider-Man. Everyone knows oh, that Hobo Man from wherever. Like. <laughs> you're, you've got the main character from that 70s show in the game. And, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that is such a selling point, And that is a that's a game that you, I think you want to get out of the vicinity of just in terms of what that is going to be mm. in conversation. You want people to be able to pay attention to Alan Wake 2. You want people to have the bandwidth to be able to pay attention and make content about Alan Wake 2. And getting uh, going from, what, three days before Spider-Man 2 or a couple days before Spider-Man 2 into a full week after it, that's going to give you enough space that you need, especially because when you look at October, you know, the article I read listed some games. We're talking about an October that has Assassin's Creed, Detective Pikachu, Lords of the Fallen, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 turbocharged. Wait, that's coming out in October? <laughs> yeah, that's the, day, that's the day before Spider-Man 2, Barry. Fuck! Yeah, dude, get ready. Move over Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Wonder. You got the Metal Gear Solid collection coming out the 24th. Now we're talking, baby. Let's go. And then you got uh, Headbangers, that like rhythm uh, warrior wear looking game. That's a heavy October. And then, yeah, November that like has stuff going on in it as well, including a Call of Duty and stuff. And so you're- what? You're, it's this new franchise. This is a first-person shooter type Nobody game. care about I that. think it's military. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I think there, Alan Wake 2 has found a good middle spot where, yeah, as Alan Wake 2, go head-to-head with the headbangers. <laughs> like, you're going to be fine. Like, go head-to-head with a Metal Gear Solid collection. I think that's fine. Whoa, 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 whoa. Careful now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, like, when you go up against Spider-Man 2 and Super Mario Wonder in that same couple-day period, yeah, fuck right. out of there. Yeah. I mean, like, and again, from my perspective as someone who wants to play this game, I just want to focus on Alan Wake and nothing else. Like, I'm yeah. so excited for that game. And, like, it's a survival horror. And survival horror games are good in long stretches, right? Like, where you can sit down and focus on it and immerse yourself in the atmosphere and the amb- ambience of it and, like, allow it to kind of get its hooks in you. And I don't think I'd be able to do that if I knew I also need to play Spider-Man. I also need to play Mirage or et cetera, et cetera. So if they're giving us this period where it's, like, play this game in this time and then once you're done you can move over to whatever the venom game is or whatever yeah i'm down for that that's oh, yeah. good and ultimately like i do respect the like i said the transparency there story number two the xbox 360 store will close in july 2024 no directly from xbox wire as we head toward 2024 we have a change to share about the xbox 360 experience on july 29th 2024 Xbox will stop supporting the ability to purchase new games, DLC, and other entertainment content from the Xbox 360 store on the console and the Xbox 360 marketplace. Related to this change, the Microsoft Movies and TV app will no longer function on Xbox 360, which means TV and movie content will no longer be viewable on your Xbox 360 after July 29th, 2024. Between now and July 2024, you can continue purchasing games and DLC from the Xbox 360 store and at the Xbox 360 marketplace. This change will not affect your ability to play Xbox 360 games or DLC you have already purchased. Xbox 360 game content previously purchased will still be able to play, not only on the 360 console, but also on the Xbox One and Xbox Series X devices via backwards compatibility. There is no impact to purchasing or playing backward compatible uh, Xbox 360 titles. After July 29th, 2024, you will still be able to purchase hundreds of great backwards compatible Xbox 360 and original Xbox games and DLC on Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Xbox.com. Tim, how does this strike you? I mean, I think the final kind of paragraph there is the important part of it yeah uh, this, uh, they should have put that up front like put it higher yeah. <laughs> like in the in the announcement um but yeah i think uh, what, what we're losing here is more of like a 
you know a piece of the structure that is probably a bit outdated and they don't really need anymore because like they say if it's if it has no impact on purchasing or playing backwards compatible xbox 360 titles that's fine like it, the major damage is being done to tv and movie stuff which is like I don't know why I've yeah. ever. I don't think I've ever it, bought anything on a movie. I, I, know, I know there are probably plenty of people out there that are still using the yeah, 360 for, sure. for TV and entertainment, but that slice of the pie wild. is so small. Yeah, like, that's wild. Yeah, if I walk into somebody's house, if that's one of you, let me know. I'll buy you something more. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, this, with the prevalence of smart TVs and Roku and Amazon Fire Sticks and like so many other ways to watch these things. Yeah, phasing out the 360, I'm sure to a handful of people is gonna be a bummer. But when you think about it. I'm sure they can find other ways to watch Netflix. Someone out there is like, I only watch Sopranos on Xbox 360 and play Geometry Wars, and I need this device, please. I need this, please. <laughs> please You're don't take this away from me. me out here. I'm still playing Gears on this <laughs> yeah, thing, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm sure there is, uh, there are use cases for people who are like really bummed out about this, and we're probably overlooking some aspect of it that is really important yeah. to a lot of people. I, what I wonder is, on the games preservation side of it, are there games that aren't available on the Xbox One or Almost Xbox certainly. Series X? um and how many like because xbox uh, more so than playstation and nintendo have done a good job of keeping that ecosystem yeah. intact of keeping the software that you own and like if x first xbox i know there are so many games i've been lost from that i'm still waiting for jet set radio future to become available it never will be <laughs> but i'm yeah, waiting man. for it Sam. uh on the 360 I would have assumed that that entire library made it over. I mean, for like a few exceptions. Yeah, I mean, like that. When you start having that discussion, it is like, what is the value you, you place on a game that makes you feel like it's worth preserving? Because like some people will be like, oh, we just want the big ones, you know? Like we want to make sure that Gears works, Metal Gear works, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, cameo elements of power, whatever. Mm. But then other people will be like, no. For preservation, we want everything on Live Arcade to still be available somehow. And everything on Live, live Arcade is wild. Like, there's a lot of games on there. Mm. But from that perspective, we're almost certainly losing a crazy amount of games mm. because of all of the smaller indie games that came out. You know, there's games... Remember when they were releasing games that were like $2? Uh, yeah. You know, you played for a little bit and they were indie Live Arcade games. Like, those are probably gone. They're probably gone for ages, but they're also inaccessible now in a, in a more obvious way. So yeah, from a preservation sense, we are definitely losing something. I don't think we'll we'll know the impact of it for a little while longer. Mm. And someone goes, "Oh, I just realized this game is gone." Yeah, and I mean, Amish like, in the chat says Sonic 06 isn't backwards compatible. It's fucked up. That's fucked up. It's so fucked up. Oh, is, is it? <laughs> yeah. Man. Game I feel, I feel like if they I'm made it, it. <laughs> if, I'm, I'm sure if they made it backwards compatible, it would Phil somehow Spencer. like breach the Geneva Conventions or something. Phil Spencer's like, there's only one way to kill it. Like, there's only yeah. one way to like, kill Sonic and still make sure that nobody can get access to this game. <laughs> Story number three, NetEase launches a new US studio led by Bethesda and Bioware veterans. This is Marie D'Alessandri De at GamesIndustry.biz. NetEase Games has announced the creation of a new development studio in Austin, Texas, called T-0 Entertainment. The studio will be led by industry veteran Rich Vogel of Ultima Online and Star Wars The Old Republic fame. Vogel had most recently been working at Cap... At certain affinity, I was gonna say Captain Infinity. <laughs> Captain, <laughs> Captain, <laughs> Infinity. Let's go Captain Infinity. That sounds like a character and like um, you what's Ubisoft Smash clone? <laughs> Bra Brawlhalla. Brawlhalla. That's yeah, like yeah, the Brawlhalla. Yeah. Captain Infinity. It's like you combine Captain Commando and Captain Marvel into something somehow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, he, he most recently been working at Certain Affinity as VP of Production and Online Services. Joining him as game director is Mark Tucker, former design director at Bethesda and game designer for the past 22 years. 
Jeff Dobson also joined as art director. He also had a brief stint at Bethesda, but is mostly known for his 13 years at Bioware and various leading art and animation roles. Finally, Scott Malone will be T-Minus Zero Entertainment's VP of Operations and Production after seven years at Bethesda, most recently as production director, and over four years at ZeniMax. The team's debut title will be a third-person online multiplayer action game based on a new sci-fi IP. Vogel commented, quote, Our studio's mission is to create epic, immersive worlds where players from around the globe can play together, forming vibrant and passionate communities. (laughs) (laughs) What's making you giggle there? (laughs) I mean, like, (laughs) the thing I'm giggling at is, like, there's been, like, 500 studios with this exact pitch. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you called it out because like, I was going to say the exact same thing. It's of, like, not only that not only that part, but like how many people are going to leave Bioware <laughs> to make their own studio? Because every single time there's a new studio pops up, yeah. it's always they're leaving Bioware for some uh, reason. This is, uh, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if we checked if like the mailman that went to Bioware now has a studio. Yeah. He's like, it works, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making a, a third-person shooter. Like, all of me. like, And it's always, it's never like the game you'd expect. No. It's always a random like, yeah, we're making a, I came from Bioware. I'm making a League of Legends game. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck did y'all learn over there? Like, what's going on? Um, but the quote here continues, the term... The team, the term, the team at NetEase Games shares our vision to create memorable and meaningful experiences, and they have made it a priority to pro- provide the support and creative freedom to allow us to make our dream a reality. End quote. Simon Zhu, uh, president of global investments and partnerships at NetEase Games, added, "Quote: T minus zero entertainment has been built with a, an ins- inspiring roster of talented veterans with unparalleled industry knowledge and the passion to create wholly original gaming experiences. That's another one where you see, that's a quote you see about every single I'm just waiting for a bill for the ground up and we're in. <laughs> NetEase Games strongly believes in empowering creators with the ability to build games that will inspire players and evolve over time with its community. We can't wait to share more of what Rich and the team are working on and we'll make every effort to help them grow. End quote. The, does any of this stick out to you? Um, I, something interesting. So first things first, with a name like Team Minus Zero Entertainment, they better not delay a game ever because mm. they're going to get clapped in the, in the comments. <laughs> like, so Team Minus 45 days. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, secondly, I am glad to see more studios appear. Um, it's always like, it's healthy for the industry for more you know, developers to come around, whether they're like under a, uh, the umbrella of a major company like NetEase or the independent studios. Having more developers in the industry working here is, is good. Um, however, most studios of recent have this exact pitch as we talked about, and mm-hmm. almost all of them are the most forgettable thing yes. ever. I, like, especially like if you're out like... there, if you're out there about to launch a studio and you have this press release or something like it, no one's going to remember it. What they will yep. remember is when you put out a trailer for a game that looks interesting or cool, you are good for you, but no one is going to remember you from this point on until you have a trailer that's worth thinking about. People are just going to forget you exist. Like, even so. to the description of the game, of we're working on a third-person online multiplayer action game based on a new sci-fi IP. That could, okay. I, I, I feel like I've seen a billion of those now revealed to the world. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people it, are doing it. Is it is like a bunch of... That's Concord. Like, that's Marathon. Yeah, that's, that's fair game. It's just a bunch of, like, you know, familiar genre archetype words where you're like... Mm. Okay, it's basically like new new studio announcement bingo, where they're going to say all these things and chances are you've heard it all before. But like I said, it's like the proof is in the pudding. And right now we're like inundated with so many of these studios that it's like people are just going, yep, okay, cool. Don't care about you until you've got a game for yeah. us to look at. And that sounds harsh, but it's, it's the way it is. Like 
what have you what have you got for me? Yeah. And don't tell me you you were gonna make something for me. Give me the meal. I think the tough thing here is who is this for, right? I think you put out a yeah. you know an announcement like this to hire people to yeah. work at the studio, and then also just let people know about your existence for yeah, see I mean, who wants to partner with you, that sort of thing. It certainly does stuff for the profile and business and the marketing element of it. You know, they can have this kind of backlog of a, tra a paper trail almost of their existence, and it does generally signal to people, hey, we're a studio, we're funded by a big company, we're stable, we're making this kind of game, probably want to start, start applying. You know, they could be hiring now, or they might a few months down the line put out job vacancies and people will be able to make the connection. Mm -hmm. But those are kind of like very niche term, you know, niche kind of uh, use cases for this stuff. Uh, I mean, like, from our context, it, it means nothing. I mean, yeah, it means, it means, it means so little. What, the, I, I really like how Annapurna does it. Yeah. If you watch one of the Annapurna showcases where they're announcing games and doing updates on games and all these things, but like a few times in any of their showcases, they'll have a few studios that aren't ready to announce their game yet, but yeah. they want to profile that studio. They want to like shed some light on yeah. who these people are. And they always do it in a unique way of, hey, let's meet you at a bar or let's meet you at where your home studio is. Yeah. And like, give you personality and give you this identity so that when you do announce your game, people will remember you. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. Like, we, we don't know what the identity of the studio is. It's yeah. got nothing that stands out to us. Like, like, I think if, in a context where nobody else was leaving big studios to then make these smaller AAA studios or smaller AA indie studios, whatever the size of this thing is, mm. I think it would be more interesting. I, 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 you know, I think coming out and being like, hey, yeah, we're former Bioware, former Bethesda, that should hit, but like we've heard that story a million times yeah. in the last few years. We need a bit, we need a bit more out of that. And like, I mean, I don't want, if it does sound harsh, right? Because like these guys does, want yeah. to announce their studio. Yeah, it is, it is definitely, it feels harsh, but like it's also reality of the situation. Yeah. Like we have to, you know, we take what is given to us and, and tell you how we feel about it. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, is like, okay, cool. Nice one. See you later. And also the other thing is like, this is going to also sound a bit harsh and rude, but like at this point, can you name a game developed by a new studio that came from Bioware that is very good or mm. that you like, like what, there's, you can't keep using this kind of approach unless like you can also say, like you know unless there are bangers coming out for it like i can i there's no nothing in my mind that goes oh last time a, a veteran from bioware came out they made this game i go i got nothing i'm sure there's something yeah. out there but it's like not if, sticking out in my mind if the conversation was oh this person was the lead director or lead yeah. lead designer of yeah i mean like Rich Vogel is a name like yeah that's someone that but like it's a name for people who we're, we're like, pay attention to who's making games. In 2007. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And, and like, if you read, you know, oh, I know this person's making, but like for the large, vast majority of people, they're going to be like, all right, man, yeah. see you later. Fair enough. Uh, Tam, mm -hmm. before we get to story number four, I want to let people out there know about patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny and kind of funny games. You can go over there. You can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Y'all know how much I love to stay hydrated and Liquid IV makes it easier and better than ever to ensure that I'm always living my best, most hydrated life. And you can too. Liquid IV, the number one powered hydration brand in America is now available in sugar-free with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone and you can keep your daily routine 
protein, exciting with three new flavors, white peach, green grape, and lemon lime. Let me tell you, the white peach is good. It's real good. We hear it kind of funny, swear by this stuff. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Now sugar-free, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplayer sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code kindoffunny at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you use promo code kindoffunny at liquidiv.com. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back with some news that makes me happy. Story number four, Mortal Kombat 1 is getting another trailer at opening night live. This is tweeted out by Jeff Keighley, who said, Tuesday, Mortal Kombat 1 comes to Gamescom opening night live. Join Ed Boon live on stage for the world premiere of the new trailer reveal. Uh, streaming live Tuesday at 8 p.m. CET, uh, Central Eastern Time. <laughs> what's, this? what's the CET? Yes. You know what I mean? More like 11 a.m. PT. That's, there that's is a world outside of America. Pacific, I don't know if you know not this. Not that I know, Pacific Sam. Time, baby. <laughs> really 11 a.m. <laughs> really GMT for life. Yeah. <laughs> I want to shout out Jeff Keeley because this was the tweet yesterday that made us realize that uh, Opening Night Live is on Tuesday and See, not Wednesday. I was going to say the exact same thing. Opening Night Live is on Tuesday? Yeah. This yeah. upcoming on Tuesday? Our, it'll chat, like, to let you know, like, on our calendar, like, we look at the weeks ahead. We're trying to plan around, like, oh, what are the crazy events? How, what do we need to do to adjust our normal schedule and all that stuff? And for weeks, we've had opening night live for next Wednesday of, like, uh, this crazy day. That's also the first day that uh, the, the Ahsoka uh, show is, like, coming out. So it's, like, this crazy jam-packed day. And then this tweet comes through yesterday in our KFGD Slack, and I was looking at the tweet over and over again. I was like, is it like Tuesday in the UK, but Wednesday over yeah, here? It's, that it's doesn't make any sense. C-E-T. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and so we had to kind of like Listen, pivot a lot of things yesterday. So I, shout out to Jeff Keeley. These days, I never do anything without looking at my favorite website, World Time Buddy. Which mm-hmm. is like if I'm not, if every time I get a, a message with, with any sort of time and date in it, I'm in world time, buddy. Being like, what the hell does this mean? When is this? It's 11 a.m. PYT. That's Pacific yesterday yeah. time. Pacific it's also yesterday. pretty young thing. <laughs> <laughs> pretty young thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, are you looking forward to opening night live? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm always looking forward. Are you going to, to Gamescom? I am going to Gamescom. Oh, yeah, I'm jealous. It's, it's for the first time in quite a few years. I'm going to Gamescom. Me and Lucy are heading down. We've got a few of our, our lads from the UK joining us. Oh yeah, are you gonna see like the retry boys? Uh, I don't think oh. so. I don't. That was think always so. a highlight when I would go yeah. to Gamescom. 
Um, Shout out to the boys. Yeah, I've been. I was hoping they might pop over. You never know. Last minute, they might. Yeah. Guy, guy might be like, "I'm gonna come over." And get he's really a, drunk, then just yeah, take yeah, a train yeah, over. Yeah. You know, exactly. It's Europe. He, that's a, that's before, a big yeah. Gav move. Where he's like, "I'm coming now. I'll see you in three hours," <laughs> which is like awesome. But yeah, it's. I think like there's a decent chunk of people going. Like I, check, I saw on Twitter the other day, people being like, "I'm gonna be at Gamescom. I'm gonna be at Gamescom," mm. which is like exciting. Um, for people who don't have the context, context like Gamescom is huge it makes e3 look like a small uh, intimate affair mm. and that's the wildest thing about it like i am excited to go there and see what it's like thankfully i'm only going on the business days and we will be like um dipping in and out of the show floor but that kind of the vibe is is really really like fun to be around and most of the european press a bunch of uh, american press all kind of congregate in one space and it's it's a good time i'm excited to go there and there should be a few exciting things there as well i'm yeah. definitely looking forward to opening night live i think um jeff has done a really good job recently of trying to set expectations more obviously it's almost impossible to do it like because yeah. gamers are always going to be like but do you really mean that and what is the conspiracy behind this like yeah. that kind of stuff like, like oh, this last this last week started okay kojima yeah. is going to be there yeah exactly kojima is going to be there um which like and, i feel like chances are kojima will be there but it's probably gonna be a podcast yeah 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 yeah, exactly kojima will be like i'm here i've got new socks to, yeah. to, to, to share <laughs> I'm, I'm launching a barbershop <laughs> yeah yeah i have watched barbie no more <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah but like uh i feel like uh having set the expectations we're now in a place that we know a few things that are coming um it, like more combat being one of them but and all that stuff is exciting like it or interesting at the very least and that just means that baseline we should have an enjoyable show but there's also room for a few surprises mm -hmm. i'm not saying that we will get surprises but i wouldn't be surprised if there was one or two things that were like oh i didn't expect that that's cool yeah um yeah so I i'm always excited i'm one of those people who always believes that like these shows the keely shows always deliver to in to some degree um um so yeah i'm excited for for another one yeah i've been able to like level my expectations over the years for opening night live because opening night live for me has never had a here's a final fantasy 7 remake or like yeah. here's a fucking like elden ring dlc like where mm -hmm. i don't ever expect that sort of thing from opening night live but going into it with the expectation of we'll get another mortal kombat one trailer yeah we'll see lords of the fallen again we'll see like, we'll see maybe a forza motorsport thing like yeah. the games that have already been I and mean, that's the thing that's what jeff was talking about the other day of like yeah. hey expect th updates on things right like don't expect everything yeah. to be a new announcement here and going into it with that mindset helps me enjoy it more of oh yeah i know i'm gonna get a new mortal kombat trailer i've been loving every single mortal kombat trailer yeah. for this upcoming game and so hell yeah i'm very excited to see what new character they reveal yeah the, the flip side of that or the devil's advocate side of that is like mm -hmm. we have all kind of taken taken that approach where we don't expect too much from opening night live but that's always been with the caveat that other shows exist to kind of serve as a complement to that namely e3 like mm -hmm. e3 no longer exists does that mean that the tide starts to shift towards something like an opening night live, especially knowing that the kind of attendance is vastly outweighs E3. And that generally means like the eyes on a show like Gamescom is likely to be way higher. Maybe not now, but do you think over time, like the, the shift could happen where it's like, oh, opening night live is the new E3. Mm -hmm. And this is where all the big announcements happen alongside of Game Awards, which is, you know, Keeley's own thing that he wants to put in the work for. I think, I think Gamescom... Uh, opening night live particular say is going to get 
bigger and better as the years go yeah. because Jeff Keighley over over time it feels like he's been collecting the Infinity Stones and just yeah, yeah, gaining yeah. power as <laughs> yeah, one day he's gonna snap and yeah, yeah, gonna one day he's, he's gonna snap. all the games are gonna go away <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah over the years he's been taking that power away from from E3 and with that right like bolstering the presence of kickoff live or whatever he calls it in summer game fest i, I yeah, should say yeah. and game awards right i think mm. that naturally will spread to opening night live i think last year was the year where it felt like he had a good thing going in terms of at summer games fest he had that fake out of dead island Oh, yeah. And it turns out to be turned out to be Goat Simulator, and yeah, then yeah. Gamescom right, right after that. Oh, here's the actual reveal of Dead Island mm -hmm. Two. I thought that was a really cool thing that went under the radar of like, yo, he just like finessed that though. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. planned that out. That's a really cool. I assume he planned that out. Yeah. But like, that's a really cool thing you're able to make happen. That's synergy between your shows. Yeah. I think as you go and you're able to build more synergy that way, it gets better. The thing I'll still say about Gamescom is that it is a it's a Europe, uh, European focus show, right? Like it has a bit more focus on that territory. So I still expect to see games from devs and studios coming yeah. out of that territory be the main highlight of it. And then also, I think it just has this interesting place and in where it lands in the year, right? Mm. August, I feel like it's such a weird place because I think for, for studio, a lot of studios want to announce their games for the fall a bit earlier than that, yeah. right? And then also, if you have something coming up for the next year, you could just wait for Game Awards, right? Or you could have a PlayStation Showcase or a Direct. There's so many other options that aren't Gamescom, whereas mm. June, Summer Game Fest being the main event for June now instead of E3 puts in this prime place of, hey, yeah. we're the new E3. And then, yeah, Game Awards has the prime place of we're at the end of the year, teeing up the next year, and also we have all these awards for you as well. Yeah. Um, Gamescom, I think, is just in this interesting place where it feels almost like the connective tissue between the two. Yeah. But I think it will get better as we go. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's pretty on point. I'm excited. I also cannot stop thinking about Jeff Keighley as Thanos now. And it is... Spectacular. You, I, so, uh, someone, uh, someone Photoshop that, it. Yeah, Photoshop yeah, that. I feel like please. he only has one stone left, right? Like, I feel like Jeff Keighley's on the precipice of like, yeah. Oh, he's all, the all final he needs is like Hollow Knight Silk Song just going in. Oh yeah, and then he's gonna be like, <laughs> like once he gets the Hollow Knight Silk Song release date, it's over for you, bitches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Round number five, or round number five, whoa. <laughs> Story number five. Kind of few days later in the day, bless. Where are you at right now? I've been playing a lot of Street I was playing a lot of Street Fighter yesterday, let me tell you. <laughs> round uh, five. Round five. Story number five, speaking of Hollow Knight, a little bit. Blasphemous 2 has a review round <laughs> for you. There's a review in here that references Hollow Knight in a very interesting all way. Right, all right. Um, right now, on Metacritic, Blasphemous 2 is sitting at an 86, and on Open Critic, at an 84. Travis Northup at IGN gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, Blasphemous 2 is an excellent metroidvania in a market improvement over the original even if it did occasionally make me cancel my lunch plans with its grotesqueries <laughs> grotesqueries uh while it while it lacks it in original what it lacks in originality uh with its design it more than makes up for with this bizarre world appalling story and inspired look and sound the new weapons and focus on platforming definitely helps sustain my enjoyment for the campaign's sizable duration even when underwhelming enemy variety and unchallenging bosses leave something to be desired its stomach-churning religious torture porn might be as far as you can get from the adorable world of Hollow Knight, but you'd be hard-pressed to find something better to play while you continue your interminable wait for Silk Song. Who is who is describing the world of Hollow Knight as adorable? That shit is you don't not think, adorable. That little Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight guy, you don't, you don't think he's cute? I mean, he's he's cool and cute, but I'll, like I'll, the rest I'll of that shit is wild. Push. There's like giant awful beetles and stuff like, like that. They're, they're but cute, they're presented though. in a cute art style. I don't know about that, man. Also, how do you pronounce blasphemous? People in China make fun of me. Blasphemous? Blasphemous? Blasphemous. Blasphemous? Yeah. Is it because I'm... You've been saying it normal? I don't know. It's because I'm enunciating the E's. 
This happens every now and then where I say a word and I look up and chat. Give, give me a, give me another say of it. Blasphemous. That's fine. You're yeah. good. Blasphemous. Don't worry about it. Blasphemous. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about they're it. They're getting okay? in your head, Blas. They're just they always do. God. They're, they're playing a meta game where they're baiting you. Uh, Brian Shea at Game Informer gave it an 8.75 out of 10 and says, At several points in my lengthy journey through the gothic delight that is Blasphemous 2, I worried the monstrous foe... Blasphemous? Blasphemous. Blasphemous Blasphemous 2. Uh, I worried the monstrous foe in front of me would spell an end to my journey, but without these frequent frustrations, the triumphs wouldn't be as great. Blasphemous 2 takes inspiration from those that came before it. But by intertwining a gorgeous art style, enticing exploration, and rewarding combat, it rises above the horde of Castlevania-inspired action titles. And then Timothy Montbleu at Destructoid gave it an 8.5 out of 10 and says, Anyone who likes Metroidvanias should absolutely make time for Blasphemous 2. Aside from an, an underwhelming final act, I had nearly consistent fun with this, one, with, with this one from start to finish. From the gorgeous visuals to the customizable combat, your journey as the penitent one will be filled with steady highs and occasional lows uh only occasional lows i should say it's a great sequel a great game and just a great time in general if you're a fan of blasphemous you're in you're in for a real treat with blasphemous too tam are you a fan of blasphemous gamespot.com gave it a 9 out of 10 and said blasphemous 2 is an excellent sequel that improves upon its predecessor in almost all the ways it fell short oh what time did that go up don't you worry about it. Because I looked up the GameStop review and I could not buy it. I literally just put it up. Oh, <laughs> I was like, where the fuck? Did we get this news story and you're like, fuck, I knew I forgot to post something. Because <laughs> legitimately, I was like, oh, Tan's going to be here. I should pull something from GameSpot. Could not find the Blasphemous review. <laughs> no, it was up. It just wasn't promoted. So, uh, oh, yeah. It's just, gotcha, I, gotcha, gotcha. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. I'm doing my job well. Who, who reviewed Everything's it? Everything's fine. Richard Wakeling. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am, I'm excited to try this game out. I played a little bit of the first one and I definitely. I bounced off because of a lot of the things, the, the issues that people had with it. But um, I am way more into the idea of this one, especially because it puts a more of a emphasis on traversal, mm. which in these Metroidvania games, I feel like if you live or die based on traversal for me, um, it's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to the new Prince of Persia game that we played um, mm. a little while back. That game has been in my mind for so long just because the traversal feels really good in it. Um, but yeah, this feels like it's got a good kind of um, feel to moving around, but also... You know, it's it's got some of that souls like that uh, um, yeah. elements that I'm always into. I'm a little freak about, so um, I'm definitely gonna play it. Um, and some PC as well. So you know what that means. Steam Deck, Deck? Rog oh, Ally. Let's go. let's go. I've been playing a lot of the, things on the Lenovo. What was it called? The, the, uh, Lenovo Go or no, the Legion Go? That's what they're calling it. Luigi Go. The, the Legion. The Lenovo. <laughs> that's gonna be story number seven. We'll get to that later. But yeah, <laughs> good for the good for Blasphemous. Like yeah. the, the it's not a game that is for me even though i like elements of it like the art style and stuff seems mm. real dope the like souls like nature of it is, is 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 dope i'm so bad with like really difficult 2d combat oh really put me in a 3d combat game considering oh, yeah. you play street fighter that's i wild. know and it's so weird yeah like that's the, i think about that all the time is like i feel 2d fighting games i can perform in 2d like action games that are like this like a, a difficult metroidvania kick my ass did you play dread i did play dread did you how'd you I, find that I, I mean, I, I found it fine. I enjoyed Dread a lot. Um, mm. And it was difficult at points, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was dying yeah. during the boss fights, for sure. Yeah, there's some there's some crazy things going on there. Considering that you should be fine with those games, considering you play, like, all the versions that are, like, Yeah, I play King of Fighters, Street yeah. Fighter, Guilty <laughs> yeah. Gear. I play all yeah, these you games. You play platformers, you play fighting games, you play action games, but when they're combined into when one combined, thing, yeah. you're like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I'm also, like, Metroidvanias in particular. Yeah. It's, like, that weird, like, my brain just doesn't click with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like, there are, there are 
in the absence of Hollow Knight, um, there are a bunch of good options when it comes to um, uh, Metroidvanias, and this definitely feels like it stands out as one of them, which is uh, great news for people who are into this genre. Fans of this genre should give it a go. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> Like we, I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the show is that there's just so many games coming out. Yeah. Is this one of those ones you think is going to get forgotten about when we get to the end of the year for <sighs> nominations and stuff? Because like it's reviewing really well, you know, like 86 on Metacritic is that's really good. Yeah, I this is going to sound again unfair, but I don't think it's on a wild, like a, a broad radar right now. This feels like a niche and I feel like the people who are most focused on it being out are the people who played the first game or are fans of the the metroidvania genre and actively paying attention to the fact that there's a new one of these out there um i feel like the my hope is with a game like this when it comes time for discussions around good games mm -hmm. which is like middle of the uh, end of towards the end of the year people will be talking about blasphemous too and mm -hmm. that's when people will go back to it that does happen in some cases where people forget oh like Oh, I forgot this game came out. I think like it happened quite uh, noticeably with the year that Disco Elysium came out, where people talked about Disco Elysium. It reviewed very well, but it didn't have the kind of like large scale kind of adoption until a little bit later where people were like, oh, this game is game in is the sick. running. It's yeah. in the running for game of the year. And that's when people were like, oh, maybe I should go check this yeah. Disco Elysium game the, out. The thing I worry about Blasphemous 2 is the fact that it is a sequel and people yeah it's more it's more of a known quantity where i look at something like inscription where inscription came out in like what november around that time that year and blew people away and was able to kind of get into the conversation yeah. or a game like immortality where it's like oh this is different this is fresh this is like i i get reminded of a, a game like guacamelee 2 which i miss oh, even man, though yeah. i love guacamelee 1 yeah. right and i feel like that game didn't get the, the 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 conversation that it deserved because like okay cool more guacamelee but it's like no like play it i'm sure it's gonna i'm sure it's a market improvement from whatever from what the game was previously, right? But like yeah. I think people skip over it because it's not that um it's not that surprise anymore. And that's what I get worried about with Blasphemous too, is that by yeah. the end of the year when we're talking about indie game of the year, we're talking about action game or whatever the the category is, do people look at Blasphemous too and go, Okay, no, that was that was more blasphemous. Like let's pay more attention to the other indie games that came out this yeah. year. Yeah. I also feel like this is one of those games where I think it's got a, a long tail. I think it'll stick around for a while. Mm. I like Sometimes I'm streaming uh, and on, on Twitch and people will be like, have you played Blasphemous yet? And it's like two months ago. Yeah. You know, many, many months and years after. I still get that with Hollow Knight. Yeah, yeah. Hollow Knight, that kind of stuff. So <laughs> there'll be a fair share of like people evangelizing it. And I think that will help, if not get the attention that it deserves now, at least ensure that it keeps ticking along so that over the long term, it gets what it deserves. Mm. I hope that's the case anyway. Story number six, a new Walking Dead game has been announced. This is Ryan McCaffrey at IGN. Game Mill Entertainment and AMC have announced a new game in the Walking Dead universe called The Walking Dead Destinies. <sighs> it's a third-person narrative-driven action-adventure game in which your choices can reshape the made by story. a Bioware found uh, What's made going on? by former developers, <laughs> by a janitor that worked at Bioware. Uh, let's see. In which your destinies or your choices can reshape the story of Destiny or of seasons one through four of the hit TV show. It's in development for all major platforms: PC via Steam, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. You begin playing uh, as Rick Grimes and visit key locations from the show, such as the Green Farm, the prison, Woodbury, and Atlanta. Game Mill promises that you'll be able to weave your own path 
through series events uh, when you come to certain key choices, uh, sorry, key choice moments that can determine who lives and who dies with those choices potentially differing from how things played out on the show. Destinies will include over a dozen characters from the AMC TV show, including Shane, Michonne, Carol, Daryl, the aforementioned Rick, and more. Each character has their own unique abilities, and you'll need to manage your resources, including limited amounts of weapons like bats, katanas, revolvers, shotguns, and crossbows, and ammo. Game Mill says the expected price of Destinies is $49.99. What's going on here? Oh, God. I can't. Let me... I went. To give some context, right? Game Mill... Correct me if I'm wrong. That's Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. They do a lot of those licensed games okay. that are like of that double-A scale. I believe they're yeah. doing the cart rate. Was it Nick, Nickelodeon cart? Or was it like Garfield cart? Garfield is the or one. Or DreamWorks cart. It might be. I hope it's Garfield's it might be, cart. I know. I think I'm thinking of DreamWorks. Maybe They probably do Garfield as well. Yeah. I hope so. This is such a... Oh, look at Shane. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Walking Oof. Dead Destinies. This feels like a game that was supposed to come out 10 years ago and got delayed into a portal. <laughs> and somehow got spat out now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Loki. I've been falling for 30 years. <laughs> like, wait, let me read the sentence again because I even butchered it when I read it the first time. It's a third person narrative driven action adventure game in which your choices can reshape the stories of season one through four of the hit show. Uh, one through four. I right cannot now, I'm tell showing you. The, the games. They did Cartoon Network, Battle Network. <laughs> <laughs> Zuzu pets. They did Hotel Transylvania, the game. Big Hero oh, 6, game of the year 2019. Go. Go. No, Network Battle Crashers. Here's the thing, right? Um, I cannot tell you how little I care about The Walking Dead at this point. Mm. I you don't care about seasons one through four. I I, I I was one of those people who really loved Walking Dead. Like I bought the comics. I was into it. And then I learned that it was designed never to end. It was just going to keep going forever. And I was like, I'm out. I am done. And then since then, I swear to God, it's just everyone who, who even thinks about doing something with the Walking Dead license magically has like the papers appear and they're like, go for it. And you're like, oh my God. I just... <sighs> See, I was such a diehard Walking Dead AMC TV show fan I watched it religiously. Me and my friends back home would like do um, like the like every Sunday night would gather around the TV. It would yeah we do a watch party every with every single episode. And like I'm with you that that show that the entire Walking Dead IP feels designed to never end. It feels designed. I think Robert Kirkman actually said it at one point, and that was my final straw. Where he was like, "Yeah, this is gonna go forever," and I was like, "I'm out." And I I remember having moments watching that TV show where. I've never been so furious watching it, watching a show where like uh, Glenn got caught under a dumpster and it was so vague on whether or not he had lived or died. But like it was one of those scenarios where it's like nobody's living through this. That dumpster was surrounded by walkers. How the fuck did he get away from that? Get out of that dumpster and the, whatever. Like they had to do that to then fake you out and then build to the Negan thing. It was a whole. It was a whole thing. The fact that we are somehow still milking Walking Dead seasons, seasons one, one through four. It's not the entire TV show, yeah. right? It's not the whole Walking Dead so- seasons one through four. Pre- that's such a random. I couldn't imagine playing a video game starting from the beginning of the Walking Dead TV show and ending around. Oh, what, what would, would that have been? Terminus? You're telling me this? The finale of this game is Terminus? I don't know what you're talking about. Like I stopped. It was, the, it was like the second half of season four or some shit where they're just walking. That's the whole season. Are they dead? Rick bites somebody's ear off. Counterfree.com says you're wrong. If I'm, if I Rick bites someone's ear off. Oh, because it was a group of. Is this the Rick that turns himself into a pickle or not? 
No, this is a different rig. Okay, that, different. that's the okay, Cartoon Network rig. This rig, right, right, right. Uh, no, they it was a bunch of bikers. They had caught Carl. Carl, yeah, Carl. Uh, they got Carl. <laughs> Carl. And let me tell you, they were not going to do nice things to Carl. And Rick was like, no. <laughs> and then bit the tooth ear off. Wow, okay. Is that right? Or was it the season where uh, Homegirl was like, look at the flowers, and then shot the child in the back of the head? Damn. Which season are we talking about here? Because either way, not a good way to end this game. These are not good seasons. But of the blessing. Dead. This is a what if of the Walking Dead. So maybe your Carl's season four. Carl's the one who bites the, the guy. Yeah, here maybe off. the end of your season four. Oh, bit his throat out. That's what it was. He bit oh, his throat out. Sorry, Jesus. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Maybe the end of your Thank season you, four will be the it will be different than the end of the actual season four. Here's the thing. I think it's ironic that the IP about a viral infection has itself become a viral infection that we cannot get rid of. Just, it's a really please, good way to describe it. Please, please stop. Like, I just... Is, that IP is devalued to a point where it's like, what are you doing, man? Like... Uh, here's what... Here's, this is what I want. What would make this game for me, the thing that would make me pick up this game and actually play it, is if Shane doesn't die. At, spoilers for Walking Dead, I'm sorry. If Shane doesn't die at the end of season Which two. Which one is Shane? Oh, you don't remember Shane? Shane's my guy, dude. Shane was that dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Punisher. Yeah, the pun the Punisher. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he. Uh, so like, <laughs> he was the character that Rick en ends up kind of turning into later in the show, right? He already knew what's up. Hey, we gotta have no mercy for these walkers. We gotta start. We gotta shoot people. Like we gotta yeah. kill people that like aren't even bad, but like they just disagree with our moral. Like we just gotta take people out. Yeah. Shane understood the assignment. Let me tell you something. Like he was that dude, and he was like, God. I miss Shane, dude. There's been two good Walking Dead games so far, the episodic series ones. Mm -hmm. And then the, the VR one is pretty good. Saints and Sinners. Saints and Sinners. Those ones are pretty good. Everything else, as far as I know, has been pretty lame. Um, the hit rate is not great for Walking Dead. At some point, someone who's in charge of that IP needs to go, we got to stop. Because this is a thing that people care about, but we're just driving it into the ground. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think anyone cares about this, sadly. What was the name of the actor that played Shane? I, I fucking love him. John Burton. John Bernthal, that's who it is, yeah, John Bernthal. Bernthal, Bernthal, Bernthal yeah. yeah. Punisher, and he was in, like, that he was in, like, HBO series the recently premise about too. being naughty cops, bad cops. Naughty he's cops. also in uh, <laughs> Slight Spoilers, The Bear. He is, yeah. He's so uh, good in The he's Bear. He's so good. Dude, I just watched, oh, we talked about this already. I, yeah. I watched You watched pretty The Fishes intense. episode, I think. We right? Own This yeah. City. I watched The yeah. Seven Fishes. Yeah, he was oh. on We Own This City, which, when I say naughty cops, it sounds kind of whimsical. Yeah, no. I'll, it's about, like, corrupt policemen. <laughs> like, I love him so much, dude. Yeah. He's that dude. I... <laughs> I want I want to know who's going to play him in in this game. That's the other thing cuz they're not going to get the actors. John Bernthal oh, is no. not playing Shane Absolutely in the game not. Bill Walking Dead. Game. <laughs> Who I want to know, I want to hear that voice. I want to hear somebody doing their best Shane impression. Hey, let me tell you something. Like I want <laughs> I, I want that. You could do it. There I'll go, do boss. it. If y'all haven't recorded the voice lines yet, hit me up, Game Mill. If y'all need, hey, uh, uh, who's the actor we always compare you to, Bless, that you Michael really Sarah. love? Michael Sarah. If y'all need a Michael Sarah take on Shane, I got hit you, up your man. guy, Bless again. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. Well, the thing uh, most people will remember about John Berthnoy is like he showed up at that Ubisoft press conference with his with dog. With his dog, yeah. I was like, my dog is here. Well, he was in Ghost Recon Break. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he did that, right? Good for him. Story number seven. Leaked images reveal Lenovo's Steam Deck. This is Jay Pe Peters at The Verge. Valve's Steam Deck might be getting more competition. 
Last month, Windows Central reported that Lenovo is working on a handheld gaming PC that runs Windows called the Legion Go. And on Wednesday, Windows Report uh, published what appears to be the uh, yeah Windows Report published what appears to be the first images of the upcoming device. Based on the images, Lenovo's take on a PC gaming handheld looks a lot like devices such as the Steam Deck, the the Asus Raj Ally, but it also has a lot in common with. Did the you Nintendo say Raj? Switch. Yeah, I call it the Raj. People call it Raj. Is okay, that what they say? It's properly the Raj, I, but it, it should be. I'm the Raj. glad that you said Raj because whenever <laughs> yeah. I say it, I think of Raj. I know. I, I, I always say it because I call of... we call Roger Raj all the yeah. time. So when I see it, I have to say Raj. According to Windows Report, the Legion Go has an eight-inch screen. With images show two Joy-Con-like controllers that can be removed, and it even appears to have a wide switch OLED-like kickstand that you can pop out for tabletop gaming. Legion Go's controllers appear to be a blend of the Switch's flat but removable Joy-Cons and the Steam Deck's uh, contoured but attached grips. There look to be one touchpad on the right controller. By comparison, the Steam Deck has two touchpads on both sides, but the back of the right controller also apparently has a wheel. And since the controllers can't be removed, Windows Report speculates that the screen is a touchscreen. Perhaps the most important takeaway from these apparent images of the device, there are more, uh, and you can see them all in Windows Report, is that Lenovo isn't shying away from making the Legion Go... Thick with two C's. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's only one C in there. Uh, huge ass. <laughs> Asus steered away from the thickness <laughs> and heft with the ROG, al- ROG Ally, uh, which wound up uh, with middling battery life. Uh, but we're beginning to see portables like the upcoming. Ooh, what is this? The Aya Neo Kun. Aya Neo. Aya Neo. I think it said two words. Aya Neo Kun. Uh, pointed towards beefier batteries. Windows report says Legion Go will run Windows 11, meaning you should be able to play any Windows game that supports the device's specs. Windows Central, previously reported it, would use uh, AMD Phoenix processors, which are found in the ROG Ally and other recent and upcoming Windows handhelds. Lenovo didn't immediately have a comment. I feel like Steam Deck alike devices have become the walking dead of of the hardware (laughs) where everyone's fucking gone (laughs) is is there one that's going to come through and break through and be become the actual steam deck competitor i i don't think there's there's going to be anything that i'm not saying that there's not going to be anything better than steam deck i think what separates the steam deck from the others isn't the fact that it's like hardware is amazingly better or anything it's because it's got a ecosystem that gamers like yep. trust and it's from a company that they know and has a track record of for the most part doing good hardware they've done some wacky hardware that people are like what is this all about um but that's what separates it because there are good devices out there like um asa sent me a rog um disclosure and i've been playing with that and it's really good i like it a lot um i play Baldur's gate 3 on it and it runs really well mm. The only downside is it's Windows. <laughs> like every time you turn it on, Windows appears, and I'm like, I hate that. I don't like that at yeah. all. It's got their like armory crate thing, but that's just like a weird overlay thing. It's, it's wild. Um, the difference is with um, the uh, Steam Deck. It's like it feels like a more gaming device, you know. And I think that's one of the key distinctions that a lot of these hardware manufacturer pc companies are missing it's like your thing just feels like a pc Mm. which some people are really into but most people who want to play a game on it just want to sit down and have this like very nice looking easy to navigate uh kind of ui system as soon as you turn on the steam deck your video games are it feels good like it feels good yeah that the noises are nice when you move around you know and like it lays out everything new to your library steam deck kind of like and verify that kind of stuff it's great it works really well 
And like the Lenovo probably plays games better because it's a little more powerful, but it's annoying to use at times because it is Windows. It's just running Windows. You can go into Linux if you want on Steam Deck, but chances are you're probably not doing that unless you're putting like emulators <laughs> on. Speak for or like I did, who like installed Battle.net to get Diablo running. I'm pretty sure running. half my Steam Deck time might be in that Linux. Just yeah. Just installing, Steam cost emulators. In, installing games <laughs> that I'm never even going to touch. Yeah, 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 exactly. Allegedly. Allegedly, Alleg allegedly, allegedly yeah, installing yeah. Burnout 3 on that thing and Donkey Kong 64. Yeah. So I think like th until someone figures out that element of it, there's not going to be something that pushes the Steam Deck in terms of mindshare, because that's what ultimately the Steam Deck has above everything else. Mm -hmm. It's like cultural awareness and mindshare. People are trying to be the Steam Deck, not because it's the best hardware, but because people know it as a touch point for PC grade um, gaming on a handheld device. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the big kind of missing piece for a lot of these companies. I'm sure this Lenovo thing is going to be powerful and it will play games really well, but is it going to muscle out the Steam Deck? No, it might be a complementary thing to it. But like, if you've got a Steam Deck, are you really picking up another one? Like, I wouldn't have bought, I, I might have bought a, a ROG Ally if they didn't send it to me. Mm -hmm. But like, I've got two of those now. There's, there's not a lot of chance I'm going to get a third one and be like, I'm putting this in my rot rotation. I like the, I use the ROG Ally and the Steam Deck, at the, like not at the same time, but like I use them a decent amount each just because of the ecosystem of Steam is really important to me. And it works really well with that. But then the ROG Ally, I know that if I want to have a, higher end experience like i want to i want Baldur's gate still to look really nice and and like be generally quite smooth i'll play it on that in bed so but i, I like everyone's going to have one but i don't think there's going to be a major breakthrough and some until someone figures out something interesting in the way that people consume it and think of them that device as a gaming device mm. <clears throat> our final story here story number eight I just wanted to highlight a cool looking game. The story is called This Game Looks Cool. Exclamation <laughs> point. Uh, this game is called Thunder Ray. It popped up on Twitter for me this morning. It launches uh, this September Punch on up. Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Let me read the um, Steam description for you real quick. The most powerful boxer on Earth was kidnapped by the Galactic Boxing Federation to play in the wildest tournament in the universe. Tired of having no match on Earth, Thunder accepts this, uh, this challenge to become the true GOAT. Step into the ring and experience the adrenaline-pumping action of our retro arcade boxing game, reminiscent of the classic Super Punch-Out of the SNES era, looks but sick. with a modern twist. Get ready to throw jabs, hooks, and uppercuts as we face off against a roster of colorful and eccentric opponents. The game features meticulously crafted HD animations, bringing each character to life with stunning detail and fluid movements. Game looks sick as hell, dude. This looks awesome. Bear, can you play the, the, the trailer again for us? Because, yeah, it popped up, and immediately I was like, oh, this looks like Punch-Out. And I was like, oh, this looks like... Anime Punch-Out. Anime Punch-Out with a really cool hook to it, like over-the-top uh, type stuff because they're in space here. Um, really cool 2D art style where, like, obviously, like, handcrafted, but, but like, you know, they're, it reminds me almost like a, like, like a Cartoon Network cartoon. It's Space Jam meets Punch-Out. Yeah, that's a that's a really like good a way to put it. That, yeah. um, but like a lot of vibrant colors, and but yeah. also like uh, One Punch Man and uh, Bob Psycho as well. Yeah, like Box, yeah, Buzzer Beater, yeah, all that kind of yeah. stuff. It, it looks really. There's some shots in here that look really, really super. Like this is a straight up anime shot. Um, and yeah, yeah, just want to shout this out real quick. I'm surprised that more games, more Punch Out clones don't exist. Like that's always been that's something that really like baffled me. I was like, why is like Punch Out did Punch Out, and then very few people did that kind of. The only one that I can think of is that Epic game that was on mobiles that was known for being very, very, very good looking. 
the mm. the sword one oh Evil blade or infinity infinity blade, blade that's yeah. one that was basically punch out right and other, cool than, stuff, yeah. other than that like i don't think of anything i don't think anything else really does it arms <laughs> well tam i can't wait for whatever the next punch out clone is mm -hmm. <laughs> i can't wait for that to be announced but the announcement of that game is just so far away. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Before I get to out today, I want to I want to pull the curtain back for a second. Barrett, on the calendar here, I see we're doing a, po a KFG post show. Yeah. But I also see that... Oh, wait. Is, I, I see that Mike's also doing a, a thing in the other room. So Mike's not available, right? No. And Andy's out, right? Well, it does say that the okay. post show is with one Nick Hello. Scarpino. I did not know that. Nick, you can hold on for like five minutes because we're still in the show. Or you can hang out. No, just come hang out. Just come out. What's up? Because as I was going through the show, I was doing? like, who's doing the, the post show? Because I do not have access to the YouTube <laughs> chat. I'm on. I know, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this. I respect Nick's turning on the microphone, nine, microphone Nick nine. what do you feel about Walking Dead uh, The Walking Dead Yeah you uh, into is, Walking is Dead Is it still going They just announced a new game That looks like it was made On a Nintendo 64 oh, That's that the one thing fun. We didn't mention too That game looks like A PS2 game yeah. That sounds pretty cool <laughs> It's uh, The game is um, Is Carl still alive <laughs> <laughs> Well In the game he is He is Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, then, yeah I'm all for it It's, it's, season, it's seasons 1 through 4 Of the TV show That's the game they're making Okay That's actually pretty cool You like that Seasons 1 through 4 Yeah Yeah that was when it was good yeah. Well, like, I feel like by season four, it's like, all right. That was before they got to Terminus was like when it started, started going downhill. See, and that's then, what I was saying. You Terminus. said the words. You said the I'm pretty words. sure season four was Terminus. Terminus was like season four, I think. And then by the time we got to Negan, I was just like, I'm over this show. I don't yeah. really And then they were like, dude, let's do Fear of the Walking Dead. I was like, are we starting this over again? Dude, I, I felt like that dream where you're like, oh my God, am I in fucking high school again? Yeah. I could not do Fear of the Walking Dead. I didn't no, watch one episode of it. Much. I'm like, it dude, I'm much. already watching main Walking Dead as a full-time job. Because also I'm watching the Talking Dead afterwards. Dude, you're watching Talking and then they're doing the next show, which is like, oh, are yeah. they Walking Dead? I don't know. It was oh, like, I thought you were going to talk about like the, the kung fu show they had going on. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one was like it was like uh, it was the guy was like a nomad walking going yeah. on the land of kung fu. God, um, I interrupted awesome. your show. I will be back when you. I'll just be sitting over. Yeah, there no, I mean we're about to wrap this thing up. I'd love it if you just stood there the entire for the rest okay. of it. Man, yeah, I can do that for you. I got to get my laptop up. No, no, here, yeah, here, yeah, just stand around. Just be in the background. Yeah. Out today, we got Red Dead Redemption for PS4 and Switch, Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare for PS4 and Switch, Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC, Vampire Survivors for Switch, Gord for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X, I Expect You to Die 3, Cog in the Machine for MetaQuest 2 and MetaQuest Pro, and Enku, Early Access for PC, Book of Hours for PC, and then Afogado for PC. Isn't that a coffee? Or isn't that a dessert? It's a... It's ice, ice cream, cream and coffee? like espresso. It's okay. like espresso ice cream. Oh, nice. Is that right? You, Nick, you would know. My friend has a great joke about that because he was like, when he used to serve food, he didn't know what it was. Mm. So he was like, you want an avocado? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And he brought her out one and it was wrong. Yeah. Avocado is a, I believe it's an espresso with ice cream in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. We had this Really interesting what you uh, rank as a great joke there. <laughs> so well, I, didn't, I didn't do it justice, but he, it, the joke is so famous for him. He sells merch with an avocado oh, really? in, inside of an espresso cup. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. He actually popped pretty hard. Would he have performed at any of the things I've been to? Cause I feel like I've heard this. Yes. Joke. You would have seen him. His name is Torio Van Grohl. If you guys want to okay. go check him out, he's a very, very, uh, he's a very a comic, but he's very, very funny. And I was in LA. Is he on TikTok? Because uh, apparently I hear that's where all the comedians are now. Uh, yes. I'm not on TikTok though. I'm on Instagram because oh, I'm yeah. old. I know. I watch and I don't like. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. post another uh, a clip today that I posted yesterday, but Tim rightly saw a spelling error, and then I was like, <laughs> I have to delete that. No, nice. we just let it rock. 
People do not care about spelling spelling errors anymore. You know, I do. If anything, it probably helps. Because yeah. people... They have standards. I, have, I just don't want anything taking away from my very mediocre subpar comedy. I, I would mm-hmm. I describe your comedy as highly subpar. Highly. I like to be C-list, D-list in that area. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. New days for you. The Crack Pet Show, Happy Tree Friends Edition, is coming to Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC on September 27th. Everhood Eternity Edition is coming to Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PS4 and PS5 on September 28th. Three new Splatoon 3 Amiibos launch on November 17th. Quantum Error launches November 3rd on PS5. Shuyan Saga is coming to Xbox One and Xbox Series X, PS4, PS5, and Switch on September 22nd. And then Green Hell's Storage and Transportation Update arrives on August 28th. Deal of the day for you, Homeworld Deserts of Karak will be free to claim from the Epic Game Store from August 24th through the 31st. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe, 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 globe. Uh, Let's see, people writing about hyenas. We never even talked about hyenas, so you guys are talking about last day's episode. People usually say yesterday, but I said last day. Uh, Eurogamer... (laughs) The Eurospace Gamer says CET equals Central European time. Uh, Banner SN said, Bless said Pickle Rick was from Cartoon Network. Bless, that's very wrong. Is mm. R- Rick and Morty, don't, th- isn't that an Adult Swim thing? I feel like it's on multiple things. Yeah. But yeah, d- but adult, it's swim. On adult Swim, though. Oh, hold on. I, 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 I had maybe Netflix. Netflix. I feel mm. like I'm right about that. Like, it might, not a, it might not be originally from Cartoon Network, but they show Rick and Morty on Adult Swim, which is Cartoon Network, which would make Pickle Rick an adult or a Cartoon Network thing. It feels like it's a Cartoon Network thing. Yeah. It feels like that's right. Yeah, people in, everybody in chat saying I'm right. So, Banner SN, I need you to Ban take them. your laptop. Ban yourself. Throw it out your second story window. <laughs> and if it's still working, grab it again. Go back upstairs. Throw it out again. And if you don't live on a second story uh, apartment, go next door. Yeah. Figure it out. Knock on the door. Be like, hey, I need your second floor real quick. <laughs> um... Let's see. Yeah. Robin in chat. Cafe Affogato is an espresso brewed over ice cream. There's an avocado in a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. And that's I'll it. I'll buy you one of those. I'll buy you one of Torios. Dude, no, I'd be so down fine. for an affogato. Sounds really good. Okay. Do it. I mean, we can do make it. that. Here. Right now, we yeah. Can just do a shot of espresso. I can go get you some vanilla ice cream. That's what you want to do. Dude, let's do it. <laughs> let's go. Uh, if you're watching this live, after the KFG post show, the crew is playing some vampire survivors. Ooh. So stay tuned for that. Of course, this has been kind of funny in games daily. Before I close out here, Tim, thank what you up? for joining me. Thank you for having me. Do you have anything you want to pimp out? Um, yeah, just go to GameSpot.com, uh, YouTube.com forward slash GameSpot, where we have a uh, regular show, me and Lucy do, called, called Spot On. Um, we've got a bunch of other new shows that we've been launching nonstop. Like the latest one is called How to Destroy, which is all about uh, coming up with plans to kill fictional characters in the most effective way, which is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and then we have the GameSpot After Dark podcast, and um, there you go. Look, that's, that's us right now. Um, we're going to be at Gamescom. We're also going to be at PAX doing panels, so if you see us around there, um, say hello, and we'll see you then. Hell yeah. Uh, remember, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com, so it's Kind of Funny Games, and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know <laughs> about. Until next time, Game Daily. I would have shook Shake my hand anyway. Man. Shake, shake Nick's hand. Shake everyone's hand. Everyone shake each other's hand now. We'll shake yeah. together. Together we'll want when you are in that place and you. And now it's post-show time. Post-show time, ladies and gentlemen. You guys know the drill. We're going to be taking your super chats, your subs, any comments you have. If you want to guys gift, gift a sub, you want to ask us some questions, we will 
address those questions for the next 13 minutes. Yeah. And then we're going to go into our vampire. We went really long on this episode of KFG. <laughs> That's fine. I'm okay yeah. with that because, he, honestly, Kevin was like, when are you going to get out there for the post show? And I said, Kevin, what are you talking about? See, okay, so I wasn't wrong. We did not have anything. No, we, did, we had talked about this last week, and in a classic Nick Scarpino fashion, if it's not something I do every single day, all day, I don't think about it. Yeah. And so I, they, was, I wasn't at the meeting last week, and so I did not know. I was, in my head, I'm like, did, they must have talked about it. Yeah, his we name was on the calendar. It. it was on the calendar. Oh, his name was on the calendar? Okay. It said it said post show Nick and then in parentheses it said blessing and then it said question mark, question mark, question mark. Um uh, see so, it's that thing where I should have clicked into the thing because yeah, when you just look at it on the calendar, everything's all smushed. It just so says I, just, post show. I just see KFG post yeah. thinking that it says what it always says. And then it said Nick. And then it says Nick. But it's okay because honestly, all I do is uh, all I'm good for is reading all of your questions here with the super chats. Just like Aaron Trahan said, Nick, come to Madhouse Comedy Club. Any night you are in downtown San Diego, you were the last that helped me be uh, to get addicted to comedy. I appreciate it. I almost hit you up, actually. I was trying to get down for Comic-Con because uh, Mark Ellis is running a show down there, but I just couldn't make the timing work, mm. unfortunately. Uh, Mad Rocks says, since you brought up Michael Sarah, thoughts on the Scott Pilgrim trailer from yesterday? Oh, I've actually not watched the trailer. Mm. I saw like some cl- like some images some screenshots of it, and it looks really it looks good. It looks really good, yeah. There's also a video of Michael Sarah doing a Tony Soprano um, impression going around, which is I saw apparently it. quite good. Yeah. Michael Sarah could do a Tony Soprano impression. I don't think it's good. But like, I mean, it's a fun video. Michael is Michael Sarah doing an impression of Michael Sarah doing a Tony Got Soprano impression. Got it. Uh, Googie says Tam is Jeff uh, a converted we- Weibo? Yeah. Yes, he is. He's buying. Uh, so we have a podcast called Jeff Jeff's Bizarre Adventure. Mm. So we take uh, Jeff Bacalar, who never watched anime, through a bunch of anime, and he's at the stage now where he's buying JoJo's Bizarre Adventure figures and Cowboy Bebop figures. He's a full anime weeb now. What oh, series yeah. have you gotten him uh, gotten him into? So he's watched he's watching JoJo actively. Um, he's watched he's watching Cowboy Bebop currently. He's watched One Punch Man as well. One Punch Man um, is great. One Punch Man's great. Yeah. So he's seen those. I think we we're gonna take him through a few more after this. Like we're going back to the next season of um, uh, JoJo after we've done Cowboy Bebop, and then I think I want to pitch for Mob Psycho after that. Oh yes. Yeah. Especially if he likes the vibe of One Punch. Yeah. I need to watch Mob Psycho. I it's never watched. Really I never watched season two of One Punch Man because everyone kind of warded me off from it's that, saying good. it's not good. No. Um, and season one was so incredibly unique. It was one of those rare things where you're like, wow, this is actually a very interesting and unique yeah. actual take on this stuff, which is cool. Maybe you should check out Chainsaw Man. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think you would dig kind of I haven't watched Mob Psycho yet, so I'll watch Mob Psycho's good. Mob Psycho's sick as yeah, Mob yeah. Psycho, all three seasons, fucking peak. Yeah, Mob Psycho, Chainsaw Man, and Jujutsu Kaisen are probably the ones that I would recommend. I w- uh, the priority, I would say, Nick, for you, uh, just because uh, knowing your taste is Chainsaw Man, because especially like the, the anime adaptation of mm-hmm. the manga, there's a lot of like um, like film references in it yeah. that I think you would like really get a kick out of. Oh, yeah. fun. Should we watch this trailer right now? Should we watch the Scott Pilgrim yeah, trailer? Yeah, Barry, can you bring I'm up the Scott Pilgrim? I'm scared of watching trailers. Live. To get, oh, we're gonna get claimed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we can try it. We X, can fuck X around and find us, out. X gonna give it to yeah. us. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a Netflix thing, right? Who's who's producing it or who's publishing? Yeah, it's Netflix. So are they mean about things like that? Netflix I usually is fine. Yeah, well, let's try it, and then if. You know, if our if YouTube it, if stream gets taken down, down, they shut us down. Folks, yeah. we're going to react to this. While we're queuing this up, guys, you guys know the drill. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch Prime subscription. If you subscribe to us and want to ask a question, you can put a little comment there, and I'll read it for you. Uh, and as well, Super Chats, I will read all those donations and all those questions as well for the next 10 minutes. One of my toxic nerd traits is that Scott Pilgrim is one of my favorite movies of all time. I fucking love Scott Pilgrim so it's, much, it's and I'm ashamed. Of, you should be. 
And it's because Scott Pilgrim is an absolute garbage character and human being. Oh, I agree with that. It's yeah, no, so, I'm, not, so I'm not one of the people that's people... like missed the point on Scott Pilgrim. Okay. It's, it's, it's one of those things. I, I totally get it. People are like, Scott Pilgrim's great. I was like, why is it great for you? Because the character is deplorable the entire time. Yeah. Are we getting, are we in on the joke? Is everyone in on the joke? I'm, I'm in on it. I know it's okay. like when I know people, people are, are like unironically fans of Walter White. You yeah. know? Or like it's Homelander. Like, do you get why he's bad? <laughs> I think it's one of those people love it because it was one of the things that referenced the things they love that made it through to mainstream. Oh, definitely. Oh, and sure. I get That's that. Much you go back, if you go back and watch it with more of a critical eye for just like the characters, like yeah, none of them are good. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, hard, it's, it's hard for me. It's, it's one of the reasons why I didn't like The Runaway Bride. The Julie oh. Roberts classic. Of course. Just, <laughs> of course. Or no, my best friend's <laughs> wedding. My best friend's wedding, not Runaway Bride. Runaway Bride. It's fine. It's not good. But my best friend's wedding was like she was just terrible to Cameron Diaz the entire time. And I'm like, why would I like this movie? Well, like I feel it's like terrible. that's the same thing as it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, but like that everybody they, there you're is in terrible. on the joke. You're in on the joke mm. on that. Where everyone's terrible and you're like, okay, I'm just gonna indulge in this in the in the dark side of my personality for thirty minutes. And then you get out of that and you go, I gotta I gotta I gotta go to church. Yeah. I gotta talk <laughs> well, to I someone feel like that, nice. That makes up a lot of what my favorite shows are. Like I feel like half the FX shows are about terrible people, right? Oh, like yeah. I love um Dave. And Lil Dicky in that show is terrible. I yeah. love. Um, He's a horrible. Human Rami yeah. is another one where yeah. the main character sucks. Tyler says Scott Pilgrim is not a good person, but that's the point. But like, what is the point of him not being a good yeah. person? Yeah. Why is that? Why is he? Yeah. Because what is the commentary the, behind that? Yeah. There's no. There's no commentary beyond this guy sucks. But yeah. at the end of the day, he's got the girl, maybe. Kind of, but not really. Not really. Yeah. Know. It's like know, you're it's not weird. really saying anything uh vince patel subscribed for seven months at the end. with prime and said seven months baby nick can we uh, congratulate kevin on his new puppy please yes you absolutely can kevin adopted a new puppy last night instead of seeing blue beetle with us <laughs> <laughs> arguably made the right decision <laughs> We'll see. We're going to review Blue Beetle later today, folks. I'm sure that'll be hitting stores tomorrow. Ramses. Uh, of course, he's Ramses. Jose Cortez. <laughs> Ramses. Bless, have you watched the Zack Snyder Justice League in color yet? Is that a thing? Do they put that in color? Uh, okay, so you're with me. Because like I when I did not know there was a color version of Zack Snyder. I thought the point was for it was. not to be color. That's what I thought, too. And then like I said on a show with Greg Miller, and Greg Miller was like, no, the main version of Zack Snyder's Justice League is... In color, but like they put out a special version that's black and white. Okay, so the the Snyder cut's black and white. No, but, but Zack the, Snyder's Justice no, League no, no, was no. in color. There's originally. a Zach, the, the there's a Snyder cut that is in color. Is it still four three? It came out in I color so. first, apparently. That's what people. No. That's what everybody was saying. That cut is not good. <laughs> I but no, I did not. I care. First of all, I didn't watch the Snyder cut. Period. I watched it, and I'm a I'm a DC guy over Marvel, mm. and I am actively embarrassed by all of their movies. And the Snyder Cut is a, a thing that I'm just like, you, you should distance yourself from this, please. Because what, what I said specifically on that show was that I didn't watch the Snyder Cut because I wasn't about to watch a four-hour black and white thing. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, you don't have to watch it in black and white. I'm like, <laughs> still, I'm not going to watch it, but you, I appreciate the clarification. You've already made the decision. Yeah. There's I'm, no watching It's this. also four by three. It's also fucking the Justice League. No, it's, I'm not going to watch no, a four-hour version it's a of waste it. Of I watched Batman v Superman, and I'm a different person because of it. Yeah, you're a worse person, I'm a worse person. CJ uh, Splitson says, this feels like the first time there's no popular prediction for Game of the Year uh, the next year yet. feels like everything uh, we've been waiting on has come out now. Yeah. What about GTA 6? <laughs> Is it ever coming out? Silk Song? Song. Um, I mean that based on the leak, everyone was saying it was it was done. So Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. Yeah, Rebirth is. I feel like there's like it's, but the thing is that we don't have any solid release dates. We know Rebirth is slated for next year, and so yeah. like I think that could be a popular pick once we like get closer to it. But Elden Ring DLC. Yeah. 
Honestly, like if all these things hit, this would be a wild year. Yeah. It was a wild year this year. Uh, Boone Riddle, Dance Floor Demon, says, It's my birthday, and all I want is a sick rendition of the Geostorm podcast wheel spin uh, rager. I'll give it to you right now live. <laughs> Geostorm podcast wheel spin. The girl. Shout out to the girl. Shout out to the person in chat that says, we going to watch this trailer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just, watch we've just been in picture in picture for the last, like, <laughs> 20 minutes. Fantastic. Barrett, let's roll our reacts to the Scott Pilgrim trailer. Everyone get ready to clip these out, because this is going to be a banger. <laughs> Who's that, Gary? That is Gary. This is doing everything for this me already. This looks incredible already. Yeah, this looks great. We just talked so much shit about this. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm in it like, for the vibes. Yeah, the animation's good. Just like the editing in the movie was good. It looks like the game. Oh, it is the game. Where is the show? What is this? This is the show. show like, it does look the like game, game had the art style of the comics, which this, this also has. has yeah. also, I got it. Hey, look, it's Chris Evans' character. I fucking love this, dude. Yeah, this is very comic accurate. And they got all oh, the same. Oh, they got, they got the original cast. Wow. Okay, cool. They got Anna Kendrick. Did I say J.K. Simmons? He's in everything. Yeah. Yeah, this looks incredible. I mean, that yeah, looks that pretty tight. Good. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Is it, is it just a movie that. or is it multiple episodes? It's how a you, series. How are you getting multiple episodes out of that? Well, because the like, comic series ran like, it's like several books. Yeah, I guess so. You can focus on each of the boyfriends. In the yeah, DJ, like give yeah. them more breath than yeah, just yeah. like a single scene. You yeah, know? true. We figure they could, well, maybe not now, but prior to the strike, they could flesh out the universe just a little yeah. bit with some of those good old-fashioned Hollywood writers that we're always hearing all about, like one Gary Whitta, who's coming, I presumably to do X. Oh no, he just finished uh, the Vampire Survivor. That's right. Yeah, man, we got a lot of fun stuff going Wait, on today. So the Vampire. Oh, never mind. I don't want to. We're doing another one. We're doing another one. Yeah, yeah. We're doing. We, we did one, one at the same time as doing Games Daily that we were streaming to Steam. Uh, and now we're going to do another one in just a couple minutes. But the other one, the first one was like a primer because the next one I'm playing. Ooh. The real expert. The expert. The expert. I got to smile more, guys. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to incentivize the chat to, to be like a, like a toxic boyfriend and tell me to smile more. But I was looking at pictures of myself over the weekend. I went up at uh, Punchline Comedy Club in, in San Francisco. No big deal. Mm. And, oh, that's uh, a big deal. All the pictures, I look so dour. I, I don't smile dour. at all because I'm physically incapable of it. That's not a joke. I was gonna say I don't think You're I've ever seen right now. <laughs> no, but like smiling right now. Yes, I can do certain smiles, but if you notice, you will never see me a smile with my teeth showing. Oh, I don't like the teeth smile. Because uh, I can't do it. I physically I can't. Don't do a lot of, like, I don't have like smile. the muscles. Like I have like nerve damage in my face. Mm. I just I think I got it. so chubby over the pandemic that my face will not allow me to show a smile anymore. Watch. <laughs> Oh god! As far as I can go. Oh god! I don't like that. I don't like that at can all. You, Barrett, can you zoom in on my face and I'll show people my smile? If you saw this from across the bar, what you doing? <laughs> is that What's right? your next action? That's hot. Are you, does this make you happy? If I, if I saw this from across the bar, I'm walking to the bartender and I'm ordering a 911. <laughs> Somebody call the devil. His friend is here. <laughs> give, me, give me an angel shot, please. If this guy stands up at the same time as me, I'm running. <laughs> I want to buy eight angel shots for my friends. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, folks, this has been fun. This has been a fun post show. Make sure you go check out Tam. That show, by the way, the, the podcast that you do sounds incredible, and I want to be a part of that. Have you guys killed Superman yet? Uh, I don't know if they've done Superman yet. I think they did Pikachu today, this week. Oh, no. Pikachu's um, easy to did. kill. You just get a hammer <laughs> and say, don't worry about the screaming. You just yeah. wear some rubber shoes. True. Yeah. Drown him. You get in the Gimp costume. Oh, God. You get the full, the full thing. The full You ever think about rubber. drowning a Pikachu? Uh, every day. 
Yeah, hell every yeah. Day. Never. Same. Every single day. Wouldn't that like work in the reverse way? Like, wouldn't Pikachu activate thunder and then like you would water hurt you? Would That's conduct? a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. You rubber have to gloves. Imagine. Rubber gloves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ash. Ash's mom gives him rubber gloves immediately. Like, do rubber gloves work under the underwater? Sure. I think so. Yeah. As long as the water doesn't go inside, inside the, gloves. the glove. Yeah, you're fine. You can't make contact with your skin. <laughs> oh, so you're wearing some long rubber. rubber you got to get. Oh, I think like, they're wearing full rubber bodysuits. You got to get the whole like fisherman suit, like from I know what you did last summer. Okay. You look like an Among Us guy. Uh, last comment comes from Ricardo Gonzalez. Says Nick is is looking like a younger Mark Maron. I'll take that. Mark Maron's a very very good looking guy, folks. And that <laughs> is it for your post show. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow to round out the week at 10 a.m. for Kind of Funny Games Daily, following a fun filled stream. I believe we're playing Texas Chainsaw Massacre tomorrow Ooh. all day long. So make sure you guys stick around for that. Tam, great to see you. Good to see you, dude. Blessing, great job as always. Thank you. you How too. do we wrap these up? Do we have to shake hands again? Uh, no, we don't shake hands no, a second time. Okay, I'm not yeah, touching save, anyone We save anymore. that for the original. Everyone stick up. around. We're coming right back with some Vampire Survivor.